All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. This is what we're doing. If we get to 3,000 subscriptions by the Texas Bowl, we are going to do a pregame live stream. So there it is. Subscribe to the channel. Um, and we're going to have all sorts of great content along the way, like John Garcia that is here today. But before we get started, I do want to let thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor and allowing us to have John Garcia here. He's our locked-on recruiting expert. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. John, thank you very much for coming back. How you doing, bud? I'm doing well. Good to be back on with you. Uh, we're getting, getting closer over here. Yeah, we're about two weeks out, depending on when you watch this video, between now and the early signing day. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. State championship games have have come and gone. There's probably some places that still have games to play. But for Ole Miss's sake, it's pretty much come and gone. And Suttering Perkins did everything but carry water in his state championship game. He ran for like 300 yards, the game-sealing interception. Kind of a really impressive performance. Yeah, talk, talk about an exclamation point to wrap up mm-hmm. your, your high school career there at Raleigh High School. Uh, obviously, uh, dominant performance on both sides of the ball to win that state championship. That interception was a diving interception, by the way. Uh, just a, a crazy performance that kind of reemphasizes why Perkins – is such a big deal to lead this Ole Miss group of verbal commitments for, from a national standpoint, but also kind of reemphasizing why Alabama, Mississippi State, and others are still very much hot on his trail. Uh, but Perkins is saying all the right things right now about Ole Miss, which has got to make your audience very happy. Uh, he's a guy who's got instant impact potential. Reminds you a little bit of Harold Perkins, you know, coming out last year, freshman superstar at LSU as a linebacker, but really shined as a running back in high school. So those players who can play both ways and show those natural instincts on both sides of the ball often have a little bit of a a leg up on the rest of the competition in terms of coming into college and playing right away. And obviously from a physical standpoint, Perkins fits that bill, 6'2", 6'3", 225 plus pounds right now. So he physically looks ready for college ball on top of that, but absolutely about a perfect way to, to end your high school career. And, and again, he's saying the right things about Ole Miss. So twofold, uh, really big news coming out of uh, the state of Mississippi for uh, the highest ranked Ole Miss commit, I think across the board, certainly for us at SI, but across the board, you know, he's the guy that the class conversation starts with. Yeah. And just between me and you, we're just you know, me and a couple of friends, they're listening, but they won't tell anybody. Ole Miss running a 3-2-6 on defense, and that, that is very widely known to everybody. Could Sunterine person, Perkins come in for one of those box safety positions, the, like the Ladarius Tennyson, um, the Otis Reese-type position during the line, and essentially make it a 3-3-5, but with all the flexibility of the 3-2-6? That, that's the key part right there. Can you, can you play a hybrid role? Uh, I think Perkins has – that combination of physicality, athleticism, and instincts. So we, we've seen it on display, certainly against the run throughout his high school career, but now as a senior, more impressive coverage ability that he's been able to show off. So, yeah, I think there's a bit of a potential for that. Uh, he, he just, Stephen, it's like no matter how, how it shakes out positionally for him, 
you just don't envision him staying off the field very long. So whether it's a hybrid role or maybe it's for one of those, you know, conventional linebacker roles, I just don't see a path to, to where he sits very long once he gets to Oxford for good. I think he's that physically ready uh, and he's that versatile and balanced as just an overall athlete to kind of force his hand and, and make you play him somewhere. Yeah, and I, I kind of put him as in the same category as Tony Connor. He's a little bit bigger than Tony, but the same type of an impact football player, when you watch him play, he's absolutely going to fit in somewhere at the next level. And if you get him right, you have a chance to be really special. Yeah, this this could be an all-SEC, all-American type player before his Ole Miss career uh, comes to a close. So, again, huge to have won this recruitment early on, bigger to hold off uh, the rest of the schools coming after him. And I think those are part of the reasons why the expectations across the board are very high on, on Perkins. And, obviously, the last time we saw him play, he lived up to it and, and then some, which is really hard to do nowadays. Yeah, exactly. Let's move on to Marcel Reed, who – as far as the game goes and statistically goes, had an absolutely fantastic state championship game, but didn't actually win the game. Um, Whit Muschamp, a 2024 offer for Ole Miss, um, was able to pull that out for Baylor and um, Bryson Sanders on the offensive line for that school. So it was an Ole Miss versus Ole Miss state championship game. But Marcel Reed showed a lot, showed a little bit honestly. I'm not comparing him to Bryce Young, but I'm going to say he's doing some things that you see Bryce do pretty regularly. I'm glad you went there because there's a maturity that, that Reed is putting on tape as a senior. Everything is is on the right track, right? Every year, statistically, he's been more productive. He's won more games. So throughout his four years as a starter, you've you've seen the the natural progression you want to see. But towards the end of his senior year, I think he hit another level, way above that trajectory and it was very evident in that state title game as you mentioned five touchdown passes and there was so much confirmed like confident decision making from Reed in addition to the great physical gifts and a lot of that did uh, prove itself outside of the pocket and with a ferocious pass rush in his face so that's where you get some of that Bryce Young I'm going to stand in there and make the throw anyway, or I'm going to buy a little bit more time. And even though I'm off balance and off script, I'm still going to deliver the ball exactly where it needs to be. Um, some of those plays were absolutely electric. I encourage all of you to to Google it and, and check it out. There's one in particular where he's got two defenders on him, scrambles to his left, his weak side, and hits a target at the back pylon of the end zone as if he was standing in the pocket and stepping into the throw, which he was not. So I think the natural arm talent – is starting to show much more with Marcel Reed. And he kind of leaned into his athleticism more as a senior. Uh, I have the numbers in front of me here. Uh, every year he'd rush for a few hundred yards, right? So they always utilized his legs, but it hit another level this year. 944 yards, 15 rushing touchdowns, and obviously the ability to extend the play as a passer with that mobility. So um, over 40 total touchdowns. And even though he threw it more and was in control more, less turnovers, less interceptions, despite almost uh, 40 more attempts as a senior compared to his junior season. So another Ole Miss recruit that is hitting the right notes at the very end stage of his high school career, and it kind of inflates the opinion you have when they do get to, to, to college, right? Uh, this is an experienced quarterback who's been through every element of the process uh, in a game and outside, and I think he's one that 
we're going to look back on and say was probably underrated in this Ole Miss class when all is said and done. Yeah, uh, what what's the next step for him whenever he gets to Ole Miss in January? What What is going to be that next hurdle that he needs to get over to put himself as a solid backup to Jackson Dart in the fall? Yeah, well, I think physically he's going to need to get bigger. I mean, that's he's probably been hearing that his whole life. He's, he's a baseball player, so he's a year-round athlete. Now that he'll be able to focus, we think, more specifically on football, he'll be able to add to what is a really nice 6'2", 6'3", frame. So I think that's kind of step one for him physically. And then for every quarterback that's coming to, to play for Lane Kiffin, just that assimilation into the tempo that you're going to get. It's not just RPOs and bubble screens. It's the tempo that comes along with that. So we, we know he's a great athlete. We know he's got great wind and he's in, in great shape. But trying to translate that uh, on the field while leading and adjusting that your decision-making is, is a different story. So I think in that regard, I think there's still room for Marcel to try to hit the ground running. But I do think from a physical and athletic standpoint, Stephen, this is – the heir apparent to Jackson Dart as far as we can see it right now. Yeah, unbelievably impressive. I followed him all um, his high school career. He's gotten better and better and better. And honestly, it's a shame that he did not make the Elite 11 this year in the finals. Yes. Uh, Because I think he deserved it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, before we get out of here, what are some news that you might have? I know that Ole Miss went in home with um, Dante Dowdle. I know that Ole Miss went to visit Caden Lee. Um, anything that we need to know about? Yeah, uh, those are the biggest targets out there. Uh, of course, Dowdle, the in-state running back, still committed to Oregon, uh, but there's a lot of confidence growing uh, elsewhere, particularly in SEC country, and Ole Miss has been at the forefront of, of that potential flip for quite a while. He was supposed to visit a couple weeks ago. They postponed it, so you wonder if he can get to campus this weekend or next weekend. That would be the next business item to check now that Ole Miss has gone and visited with him in person. And with Caden Lee, I think we're starting to get to to the end of the wire here. Um, It looked like a bigger field of schools involved, Oklahoma, Georgia, South Carolina, UCF, Ole Miss. I think that pool is starting to shrink. South Carolina and Ole Miss have already been in to see him. I'm starting to think – those two schools are, are going to be sitting in, in the best shape. Uh, Ole Miss, of course, long time uh, uh, high school on, on his board, just took the official visit uh, towards the end of the season. And then South Carolina finished their season offensively about as well as anybody in the SEC, which is naturally going to increase their their target range for some uh, skill position prospects. So Caden Lee is one that they've zeroed in on as well. So it could be an Ole Miss-South Carolina battle, which is not something we see every day on the recruiting trail. Yeah, exactly. Um, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. It's Locked On Sports today. It's available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. John, thank you so much. We'll check back in next week and see if there's any update, bud. Sounds good, Stephen. Thanks for having me. All right, man.